Welcome to Sports Girls Podcast, brought to you by sportstalk.ie. Our podcast will be available every Monday covering the 2019 ladies football and camogie seasons. You can find our podcast on all online platforms by searching Sports Girls Podcast. Stay tuned to Sports Talk this year via the hashtag GAA Family as we continue our promotion of hurling, football and camogie. Welcome to this weekend's Sports Girls podcast. On this week's show, we will review and preview the weekend's games with our regular pundit, Nadine Doherty. And we are delighted to have former All-Ireland winning Dublin captain, Denise Masterson, as our guest, fresh from her appearance on RTE last night for the Kerry Mio game. So due to the weekend that's in it, we have had to record this podcast early, so we'll miss reviewing some of the games that are played on Sunday. So, Nadine, we look at the games that were played yesterday and Saturday. Galway are the only unbeaten side now in Division 1 after their 2-14-2-9 win over Tipperary. Tough on Tip, who actually put it up to the Tribeswomen. Yeah, Tip, they're really they're putting in the performances big time. But again, um, I suppose similar to the Cork game, um, Tip found themselves way behind in arrears and Galway were in control. Um, but Tip rallied and they were unlucky in the end. Um, I suppose with Galway, again, just looking at scores and reading up on it, there's a bit of an over-reliance there on the Leonards. Um, yeah, you know, it just seems week in, week out, that's where the bulk of the scores are coming from. So you'd kind of be looking down the line. If those girls are marked out of a game, they're double teamed or even injured, you'd wonder, would Galway be as strong? Um, we'll see. And again, tip the reliance on Maloney, but um, it's not often that Maloney can even be double marked. It's just a shame, I think. Think with tip and we've said it every single week that we won't be seeing them in the senior championship you know yeah because they really add something to this league and as you said they're putting up performances putting up scores yeah, and playing really, really nice football. I watched the the game against Cork. Um, I think you know they, they find themselves way behind, but once they get into their stride, they play a lovely brand of football. They're very hardworking. They're really organised. You can see that they have a very good coaching team behind them. And when you can, you know, build your team around a player like Ashley Maloney, um, you're obviously going in in the right direction. So it is. Yeah, it's a shame that we won't really see them uh, come the summer. Cork, they had a great win over your own county, Donegal. 316 to only four points when he scored. Yeah, very, very disappointing day at the office for Donegal. Uh, four points from freeze as well. Um, I watched the game and, you know, it's funny, Donegal got a bit of a backlash from the media in the championship last summer when, you know, Maxi went real super defensive in yeah. last year but and he went toe-to-toe yesterday and, you know, you saw what happened. Um, so maybe there was a method to what he was doing last year but, again, it shows what Donegal, how important Eve Haggerty is. She was missing, and Geraldine McLaughlin, and, and I think Geraldine's going to be missing for the remainder of the league. To be honest, she's a hand injury. Um, I heard, but no score from play in 65 minutes is very worrying. But Cork, listen, the more Nabby effect. Um, they're back. Kiro Sullivan at the forefront of everything good that they did, and you know, back to the old Cork of relentless. You know, 
they didn't stop. They were up by a lot. They kept going. They kept going. And I think two two good weeks on the bounce for Cork. And it's just lovely, I think, with Cork. You know, it just shows their resilience and their willingness to learn from past games. You know, they had that really poor result a couple of weeks ago, and they've bounced back now. And it looks like they'll be very, very strong going into the, the latter half of the league. Yeah, they're just Evie has some way of doing it down there in Cork. Dublin up to second in the table after beating Monaghan. This was a very high-scoring game. Very high-scoring game. And Sinead Ahern, I think, had a hat-trick within yeah. about 15 minutes. Um, it's very obvious. Ashley's class. And, you know, it's just very clear that she makes Dublin tick. Yeah. Um, she's just a class act in everything she does. She does to the best of her ability, you know. Um, I still have questions about Dublin's extended panel. Um, I mean, we spoke two weeks ago about Monaghan and their inability to rack up the scoreline and 3-10 against the All-Ireland champions. Um, Monaghan will take heart from that. But with Dublin, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Lauren McGee's the answer to six or a half-back. Um, in fairness, Mick's trying a lot of different things. And I know, look, it'll be a different story come the semi-final. They'll probably win the league. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm still just not 100% on the extended panel. In Division 2, Armagh remain unbeaten. Four-point win over Clare. Yeah, um, Armagh again, look, racking up scores. And Amy Mackin was the difference yet again. Um, I think we'll see this for the rest of the league, the rest of the summer. Um, Claire will take heart from that, you know, and we've discussed it on the podcast. They, they're building and they're building um, and they're very much improving as the weeks go on. Um, they'll take heart and probably be disappointed not to come out with something from that game. But yeah, Armagh looking very strong, as they usually do in Division 2. You know, it's the same old story. And another good win for Waterford, uh, they beat Tyrone. Yeah, great win for Waterford. Really, really super win. Um, they'll be delighted. And again, a team that's improven as the weeks have gone on. Um, yeah, Tyrone just haven't been consistent. It happens, I suppose, with a young team. You know, you can have all the exuberance and the speed and the pace. But they're struggling in the tough games. And I'd say Waterford's experienced players probably weathered that, that game. Um, and Throne will be disappointed. They're just very up and down. I think yeah. they'll struggle to make a playoff now. We'll see how their mental strength is in the next few weeks. Right, then in Division 3, my own county, Longford, they had a very good win away to down. Yeah, great win and scoring the goals. Yeah. Um, again, they're a team who've progressed steadily and they're in the playoff places now and I think they'll want to continue that going forward. Um, I think they'll make a semi-final and it's looking very, very, very good for them. Yeah, because they were without uh, Leanne Keegan, Mairead um, Reynolds and Jacinta Brady yesterday. Three very okay. experienced players and they had a, an 18-year-old and a 17-year-old in midfield. I have to say, like, Enda Sheridan has come in and has really transformed the team. I know he keeps on saying they're in transition, which they are, and so many young players. But listen, this is what they need, you know, to get football, to get out there. Yeah, that's it. And I suppose Enda would have had experience with younger players with yeah. Westmeath. And um, he did a really good job with that Westmeath minor team when he was over them for the few seasons. Um, so he'll be used to working with that, I suppose, younger cohort of footballers and he seems to be doing the right thing down there and it's great it's really refreshing um, and Longford it's it's nice I always find it's nice when you find a team where there's a balance of you know older players maybe girls have come out of retirement and you mix that with a younger team and it's a really really nice blend Right and then me they just about got the better of Kildare to make it five wins from five Yeah the tabletop is me Um I think I predicted a draw for this one actually yeah. a few weeks ago um, because I knew it would be very tight because Kildare, Kildare, as I said before, yeah. there's a strong tradition there. They'll definitely take heart from that result. Um, 
Mead, look, I can't see them uh, doing anything but win that yeah. division. Um, but a good test for them um, because they will be building. They're probably looking, to be honest, towards the championship nearly at this stage. Um, so a good test and to come out on top in what were probably terrible conditions, um, they'd be happy with that. And then just one game in Division 4, Limerick had a comfortable win over Port Kilkenny. Yeah, you know, as predicted, I just feel... It's very disheartening for Kilkenny, um, and I don't know if it has already been done, um, but maybe, you know, would the LGFA look at Kilkenny and think, right, we need to try and help them here. They're, obviously, it's a Camogie stronghold and a Hurling stronghold, we know that, but there are people in Kilkenny who obviously like to play football, and perhaps looking at schools or underage or something, because it's very disheartening for a group of players to go out week in, week out, and this has been happening for years, but the fact that there's still a team there, there's obviously interest, and they obviously want to develop something, so a bit of help. Um, I feel would would really you know do something for Kilkenny. Yeah. Um. Now we want to have a bit of a chat with you, you and our other pundit Diana Hora. You're on a new program that was launched recently. It's called Learn to Lead. Can you tell us something about it? Yeah, really exciting, delighted um, to be accepted um, onto it. It's um the new LGFA leadership program, and I suppose it's. Really, it was put together to develop what they see as possibly the next generation of female leaders within the LGFA. Um, I suppose I applied personally because I have a background in leadership professionally. Um, I'm a deputy principal in my school and I'm currently an acting principal. Um, I'm also halfway through a master's in leadership and education. So when this came up, um, I just thought it would be an ideal opportunity to continue my professional development. And I'm working in in the, the media and PR strand within the leadership program. And because of I suppose I'm doing the work with sports talk and different bits and pieces. I thought it'd be a great way in educating myself. Um, So it's over 12 months um, and it's going to be delivered in coaching, officiating, administration and the PR media strand, um, as I mentioned before. Um, So we start next Saturday in Crow Park and the first speaker is Mary McAleese. So um, they've really aimed high. I'm not sure how the LGFA are going to tap that, but uh, it's really exciting. They also have... um, Neve McElwain, so she's a facilitator on the day and she teaches um, transformational leadership within Google. Um, so yeah, it's it's really exciting and the aim of the course overall, I think, for the LGFA is to model and I suppose promote fe- female leadership across the association and grow a culture of sustainable leadership, really, um, because, you know, myself in terms of coaching, I've dipped in and out and it's hard to sustain. So I suppose with this program, they're looking to educate people um, in the hope that we'll move the association forward into the future. So, yeah, it's really exciting. And Diane is doing the um, the coaching strand. So we'll be working together for uh, four weekends and then um, we break off and we do six evenings um, with our own strand. So, yeah, very, very exciting. Yeah, it's great to have players like yourself and Diane. You've been there, done that. Um, yeah, and um, I suppose other players, we, we had a launch there a few weeks ago. Um, um, other players, I suppose people would be familiar with, Brie Stack from Cork yeah. and Michelle Ryan um, from Waterford. Michelle still playing. Um, they're both doing the PR strand with myself. Um, yeah, and the, you know, other people who applied would have been our current footballers. So I think they're identifying people who have an interest, and I think that's really important. If you, you know, the application program 
process was it was quite a long application and um, so you really had to detail why you want to do it and how I suppose you will be a leader within the association so they've identified the people they want a lot of people who are players and it's it's really exciting yeah. Uh, delighted for yourself and Diane um, on the field um, Gavin Colley very surprised with this was let go by Leitrim the other day now I know they lost games but in some ways, they were very unlucky in those games because they missed chances. Should Leitrim have given them more time? Yeah, well, the results, I just, funny, you know, I looked at them when I heard it yesterday, I had a look at the results. They lost two games by a goal. Um, they lost another game against Antrim. It was a, I think they lost by about seven or eight mm-hmm. points, but it was high scoring. And then they beat Derry. Um, look, you just wonder, is there anything um, else, you know, in this is it on results or is it on something else? Um, there were rumours during the week that two players left the panel and you'd wonder did the county board intervene for that reason. Um, now, Gavin's first entry, I remember we spoke about it yeah. on a previous podcast, he said that his aim was to get a team on the pitch. I suppose if, if you're a player and you're here and your manager say that in his first interview, it's not the kind of thing you want to hear your manager say in public at the launch of the league. <laughs> For Gavin, though, he came in so late, you know, yeah. they gave him the job so late and it was a case of after last year what happened when Leitrim cut in field and had to pull out the Connacht Championship. I think that was a case of, I suppose, himself, Dormay, yeah. there weren't the right words, but he was kind of being honest that, you know, the, the first thing is trying to get a team together for the game against Antrim. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's fair enough, you know, but I, I suppose I'm just trying to figure out what, what has happened because really... Would a county board let a manager go with four results like that if there wasn't something else to it? So we we will we find out, will we not? I don't know. But definitely just looking at it from here, you'd think, yeah, absolutely, he should have been given more time. I mean, they're not really in danger of, I don't think they'll get relegated, you know. So why why have they made this decision? Um. You know county boards, don't you? Well, <laughs> not well enough, thankfully. <laughs> Listen, I was something also I was asked to bring up. There was two All-Ireland Schools games during the week. One, a senior boys, and the other one was a senior girls. Now, in the boys game, there was no charge, but there was a gate in the girls. So one of the principals brought a cheque for €100 Euro just to give it at the gate. Um, most of the students was there, but the person at the gate actually turned around and asked the principal for a cheque of €800. Euro. Yeah, I mean, I I find that mesmerising. I mean, was it the LGFA who did the gate or was yeah. it the club who did the gate? LGFA did the gate. And where was, what what pitch was this? It was a pitch in Roscommon, uh, just a club okay. round St. Crohn's. Um, yeah. Like, I was surprised when being at the gate, actually, that, the, you know, there was a gate, there was a charge there. And, yeah, for a school's match. I yeah. mean, you'd think each school would be bringing busloads of kids. And what was the charge? I think it was a fiver. Five. I think yeah, it was I mean, a fiver. You'd have parents, or I know from being a teacher, like, you have parents sending kids to school, especially, say, secondary school kids. They need their money for the canteen or their lunch or whatever yeah. it is that day. There's probably money for something else. I'm sure the school would have had to pay something towards a bus, so maybe the kids w- would have had to pay for that. And then a charge at the gate. Now, I'd be wondering here, did that particular club, was it free, was the pitch free for the boys' semi-final? Was it a case of no problem there, there you go to the two schools or the GA, whoever was whoever was organising it. There's no charge. You can have the pitch for the day. 
And then when it came to the LGFA, did they say to the LGFA, well, no, we want X amount of money for renting the pitch today. And if that was the case, then maybe the LGFA had to put a cover charge yeah. on. I don't I don't know. I'm trying to because, yeah, I mean, for for the LGFA to ask a, a school principal for 800 euro without any previous discussion, I, I don't know. I find that really. Yeah, because she came with with yeah. ten for hundred euro to give in, but I I find in some in some places now you know, um, when you're going in covering games because I happened to go in first and then right our photographer yeah. was afterwards and you know someone at the gate actually had a smart remark oh you know the paper's out in force today I see that and you know hello we're trying to promote your game I know and you think the money was going into their own pockets like. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I'd, that's very frustrating and that's just somebody now I'd say he's had a fairly bad day or got up out of the wrong side of the bed, you know, I'd say that's a personal thing. But this LGFA thing, I'd, I'd really like to know the exact details of that and the communication between the principal or the coach of that school team or teams. I feel what those two schools should probably do is communicate with each other and see exactly what what this is. Because I, I find it very hard to believe that an LGFA official would come up to a school principal and demand €800 Euro yeah. just out of the blue. Yeah, because... I, and actually, the, the school from Longford, it was actually a school from Longford. I, okay, I yeah. And they had to tra- travel the furthest as well because they were playing yeah. a school from Roscommon. Okay, yeah. So yeah, they were the ones there, that had to travel the furthest and all. Oh, and I, I know, as I said before, from, you know, being in a school setting, I know exactly. the price of buses. I know the price of buses, and they are a lot more expensive than you, you'd think. Um, you're going to feed that little team for the day. Um, you know, I'm sure the school will be looking after jerseys and different yeah. things. There's huge expenses to put out a team. So I I feel that maybe that principle, my advice would be for that principle in that school would be to get in touch with the LGFA um, you know, in a, I suppose a formal way, and just ask the exact breakdown of this this eight hundred euro or, or whatever it, was, it is. It was a great game of football, and okay. You know, and and the thing about it is, when you had a crowd at it, it added to the atmosphere. Oh. Sometimes you're at schools games, and there's only a few students there, and there's nothing there. Whereas when a game is like that, and a Lauren semi final, it's tight. Uh, it could go either way, and it actually was like that until. Um, Barry Mahan got a second goal and they kind of pulled away. Okay, you know? yeah. Um, but the atmosphere there, you know, credit to, to both schools. And actually it was the fellas that were leading the singing in yeah, both yeah. heads of supporters as well. Yeah, you can't beat the kids now for a bit of support no more. Than, look look at the All-Ireland Finals in yeah. Crow Park. I'd say 70% of the crowd, the, the 50,000 or 55,000 are kids. And it's always been that way. And kids make the most noise. You'd see at the lads the rugby the leinster schools rugby games amazing and the ladies rugby matches that are on now in um, donnybrook the kids bring the they do bring the buzz and they bring the volume so i would be very surprised if if the lgfa i suppose pulled a fast one there or you know um i think there must be something more to that than than just them wanting 800 euro on the day so um, keep me posted on that one I'd be intrigued I, I will indeed well we are delighted to welcome an All-Ireland winning captain and an All-Star onto our show this week Dublin's Denise Masterson and first of all Denise well done last night great analysis thanks very much I have a lot of work to do and now I wouldn't be overly happy with myself but I think that's par for the course with my personality but uh, oh yeah it was nice to do it was a lovely experience 
Yeah, because you've been in the studio before, so it was nice to actually get out there and, and be on the ground. Um, I was only in the studio to do the lady final actually, actually this year, uh, which was particularly nice given that Dublin won. Um, but yeah, so it was my first time with the men's game as well and for being live pitch side. Yeah, it was great. It's actually lovely to be on the ground like that watching a game. I know it's football and it's, it's the same kind of thing, but was there a bit more pressure on you because obviously, you know, you're looking at your female talking about the men's game? And in fairness, if any of that pressure is there, it's probably just coming from myself, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, you feel more comfortable. Obviously, you've been immersed in the ladies' game, yes. played against the players, you understand the setups a lot more, you know. And yes, the same game, but there are still marked differences, of course, you know. So I suppose you feel you have a greater, I don't know what you would call the knowledge that you have a ladies' football. It's more personal, nearly, yeah. you know, that yeah. way where you've been more of a spectator of the men's game, you've been a participator in, in the ladies' game. So. But I mean, like I said, really interested and obviously, you know, when you're watching football like that and getting to comment on it, it's great. And it wasn't your own county as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, Which again, because it's men's, I suppose, you follow it all kind of the same as opposed to, again, the personal knowledge you have of your own county when it's ladies, you know, that way whereas with the men's football, I suppose, you've you've been following all the teams, watching the games, you know. So, um, no, it was great, actually. I thoroughly enjoyed them last night. I thought it was a good game. Right, so you captained Dublin in 2010, waited so long for their next All-Ireland and it was a bit like Dublin bus. You wait for one and then two come along. Dub's going for a three in a row this year. Yeah, I mean, um, the Dublin setup just seems to have really kicked on in the past couple of years with Mick Bowen, you know. Um, he, uh, he's brought a kind of level of professionalism and when you talk about the difference in ladies and men's sport, like I think he just... I think he considers some footballers and not ladies footballers, which is which is huge, I suppose, in terms of how you know he's training them with skills and strengthening and all that. But um, very positive. But I'm saying that Cork a great win over Donegal yesterday, and I thought in the All Ireland final last year they looked like a very, a very promising team as well, given that they're they're much younger and they've lost. But Cork seems to do transitions really well. Yeah, Denise, just on a, a Dublin this year. Have you? If you, you probably have watched a few games or even you know read articles, I've I've been talking a lot in this podcast the last few weeks about their extended panel. I feel that it's hyped up a lot, um. But just looking at what's been happening the last few weeks, especially defensively, um, do you think Dublin have that strength and depth that people perceive them to have? Um, you know, I suppose mixed really kind of blooding some young players yeah. uh, during the league and they are young but I know what you're saying I mean come championship you Yeah know, can you been, see a different team than last year say? Um, not overly but I do think I mean you know like Sinead Goldrick hasn't been on I think you know her first game was the, the last game you know yeah. I mean Sinead's a super footballer she's going to be a very big part of the Dublin defence again this year and you know I know he's been trying Lauren McGee out and centre back as well and you know, I suppose he's playing with his team in the league and I suppose he can afford to do that. But um, no, I, I would think that, and it's not that they don't have the strength and depth and I think it's really important for the younger girls to get that experience and particularly when you think that Dublin have had a couple of games in Crow Park this year. Like yeah. a huge, you know, they get back to an All-Ireland final. But no, I do think that it would be the, I don't think it would be too dissimilar to the back yeah. that started last year when it comes around to the business end of the championship. We were just talking about that. I think the league is where it's at if you want to blood players but one player that is just doing it year in, year out, Shade Ahern. 
said here, and I actually thought you were going to say Lindsay Davy. I, I just think, yeah. you know, I, I just think she's, and not that she's underrated, I know she's a very well-respected footballer, but I just think she is, mm. I mean, even in the All-Ireland final this year, I think her work rate, and I think Lindsay has started a lot of the games this year uh, for Dublin, bar one or two, and when she didn't and she came in, she seemed to change the game. You know, I would think, yeah, and Lindsay's there probably as long as Sinead. I mean, both super forwards, and of course, Sinead Ahern is a class footballer, but I just think Lindsay Davies, for me, in terms of work rate and around the pitch, working back and for skill and going forward, like Lindsay Davy for me, would be that player that, yeah. you know, just really I, impresses me all the time. Yeah, I think Lindsay Davy is the best tackler in the country. As a forward, that's like yeah. a compliment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and well, I would agree with yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, there aren't I mean, many the players. <laughs> yeah, as well, is there? And the work she puts in to get back oh, and yeah. get those tackles in. Yeah, no, I would agree. And like I said, I thought she was super All Ireland final again this year. And you know, again from the matches this year, it seems like if she hasn't started when she comes on, she makes an impact straight away. I just, I think she's a fantastic footballer. Yeah. Denise, football has um, evolved. We had a chance again um, to play it now um, because. When you look at how the games are out there now, we've Lidl, TG Carter, um, players are, you know, are recognised now compared to, say, when you were playing football. Um, I'd love to be playing football again, not for the reason of the higher profile, but just for, oh, I love how the training has improved, how they have the strength and conditioning coaches, how they have the nutrition now, how they, you know, they don't have to, not I'm saying it's easy now but they don't have to struggle at pitches or you know they're just looked after much better and I think I would have loved to play and don't get me wrong it was probably starting to change when we were there um, but certainly the difference from talking to some of the girls between even the past three years or even since Mick came on board you know like that level of professionalism and I think all of us who played in their county like thrived on that kind of training regime so more so than the higher profile of the game, which is obviously really important, but from a personal level, I think I would have loved it just from the, the training and getting stuck into it and it being so professional. And you I mentioned the pitches as well, uh, the double headers. You know, it's oh, not fantastic. just one or two counties, you know, so many counties this year have had double headers with their men's footballers. And and even then, playing in front of the bigger crowds, yeah. and I mean, it used to be the chat to get to an All Ireland final to play in Crow Park, I mean, Dublin, Mayo and you know getting to play in Crow Park already again in the league this year like I mean it's, it's great you know Dublin Donegal as well in the league opener but um, yeah, it's fantastic and, and it's right you know Nadine did you ever have a chance to play before your men's footballers? Um, no no that certainly wouldn't have been a wouldn't have been a thing back then uh Unfortunately, um, but yeah, Donegal are kind of pioneering it now. Their their county board seems to be working very well, um, with the the ladies team, which is great. But no, unfortunately, didn't get to experience that. Yeah, because I know out of my own county, uh, Longford, apart from one game, home game, they've had all the games in Pierce Park. Unfortunately, the men weren't playing at the same time with that. But at least it gives, you know, players the opportunity to play on their county grounds. Denise, last year I remember talking to players from Clare. And they had never played in Cusick Park, their county ground. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, whether it be fixtures or I don't know whether it's not the county boards working together or not. Or I mean, same with the Dublin ladies. I mean, it wouldn't be that we would play in Parnell Park either, you know, in our county ground. I mean, yeah. but they have a great setup down in DCU. But um, 
I'm indefinitely, and I don't know if that means the men's and ladies' county boards working closer together, but, and I do I, think it's definitely moving in that direction, like that the women and the pitch standards have to improve with the game because I think the game is really improving. And in fairness, I think that is starting to happen, and I think people are becoming more aware of it. Yeah, and I think I think now Denise with Claire, they were very fond of taking teams down to the back of beyond, and I think it was to exactly. their advantage. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm not sure if Claire would have chosen a nice drive, big pitch, Cusick yeah, car, big pitch, yeah. Over, I remember, oh Jesus, I remember going down. I don't know where we went with left knees, but it seemed like near the America. Do you know, so like, I think that's, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, and we, I think yeah. we we do have to admit to that. Um, as an association, um, I know from coaching teams, I know from being part of teams, it would be, I know, we won't take them to Val Buffet or we won't take them to, to Mullingar, we'll take them down to, to somewhere else. So I think that does have to, that is a factor as well. Um, and we do have to put our hands up as an association for that. Denise, last week on our Camogie podcast, we were talking about Littlewoods and doing the live streaming of games. Now this year, the ladies have had um, games done on Facebook and the interest has just been phenomenal. You know, Nadine, you were talking about watching your own county play Cork um, yesterday. Denise, it's amazing how just by putting this out there, the interest that it's attracting. Yeah, and I think that's a credit to the players as well at the moment. I mean, they're 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 great spectacles to watch, you know, not saying every league game is, but, you know, I think the standards and I think if it's available for people to watch, I think people will sit down and watch and enjoy it, you know, that way. Um, even with air sports televising a few of them now as well I mean you know of course it's going to generate the interest and I mean by all accounts you know Cork had a great performance yesterday I didn't get a chance to see it but I'd love to watch that back as well and uh, it can only be a positive thing the more games that are being shown the more people that get to see them to see the standard and you know the excitement get to know the players better it's great for the profile of the game Yeah and we were just talking about Tipperary uh, earlier on you know putting up great performances against the other counties. It's now a case that when you look at the ladies' football, obviously you'll say you're Dublin, you're, you're Corks, but you have other counties up there now, you know, putting their names forward. Tony Gall had a great start. I mean, yeah. I don't know what happened in yesterday, but they seem to have had a great start in the league, you know, and uh, it makes it more interesting. I know it's league, I know Dublin might be experimenting with their team and that, but at the same time, like you said, Tipperary beating Cork and Donegal having so many wins already in the league, you know, it opens it up maybe to a more interesting championship as well. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think with you know, for Donegal yesterday, um, I know Dirty McLaughlin was injured and Neve Hegarty was injured, and again coming back to depth with the panel. Um, yeah, I think they're huge losses. Yeah, huge losses. And yeah. Yvonne, Yvonne being away, and um, so I think Maxi will have learned a lot from that. But it's yeah, it's a very competitive division one overall. Um, and like Monaghan, who will probably be relegated, um, and it'll be sad to see that happen. But they seem to be building nicely, and maybe come championship, they'll be back in the mix. So yeah, yeah, it look, yeah, it looks. Mm. Yeah, you you look at uh, Mio as well. That uh, Peter Lee is using this league to give players um, an opportunity and it's amazing the amount of players that actually have been given the chance to put on that Mio jersey, Denise. And this, I suppose, is another big difference um, in in that the strength and depth of the panel is becoming more and more important. And um, I suppose no more than the the men's game, the league seems to be really being used now as a chance to blood new players. And, you know, I I don't know if 
the winning is the important part of the league. It's more about performance and I think having strength and depth is huge. Like to be honest, a couple of all Ireland finals we lost fourth, like there were many reasons why, but Cork always yeah. managed to bring somebody on with ten to fifteen yeah. minutes to go who changed the game. And I think that's becoming more and more important and you know, we just didn't seem to have that player on the bench who came off and changed the game. You know, yeah. they're becoming just as important nearly as the starting fifteen, I suppose, as it gets more and more competitive. So I suppose managers have to use the league to find out where their players or their peripheral players are, you know. The last few years, Denise, have been glory years for Dublin ladies. You look at the men and the interest that, you know, they're all Ireland's um, have given in, in the county. Have you noticed that with ladies football in Dublin, um, people are more interested in it because of the success over the last couple of years? Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, I suppose, there's two sides of that. I mean, I, the success has raised the profile of Dublin ladies football, so people are more aware of it, and as a result, become more interested in it. Um, obviously, clubs can't bust loads of kids to go in and watch the All Ireland final, and you know the uptake in, in Dublin clubs for girls. I mean, it's huge, and it's the work that's going on at the, the ground level as well, getting them into these games. So, and I mean, obviously. That again is changing, as we said, because they are against playing Crow Park a little bit more, so the exposure is becoming more. But I suppose in ladies football, that All Ireland final day being the the flagship day for the sport, if you weren't getting to an All Ireland, maybe your profile wasn't really getting out there. So I suppose the Dublin ladies haven't won the last two and been present in a lot of them over the course of the years, but not having won them, but still being there, it has raised their profile. So I suppose their faces would be more well known, and I think that's great for the, the girls in the county looking up to that and aspiring to that. And, you know, it's a really positive thing. Yeah, and I have to say that at underage level, you're you're very strong as well. Nadine, you were involved with Westmead and minors. I've just noticed in the last number of years, and have you noticed as well, um, how strong underage has become. You know, more and more counties um, are getting their acts together, and it only augurs well for uh, the future of their counties. Yeah, and I think a lot of credit has to go to the LGSA with that. They put together structures a number of years ago um, guiding counties on development squads. Um, they run a huge amount of blitzes in each province, um, and a lot of counties bought into it because it would have been Dublin, I suppose, back in the day traditionally who would have had development squads. And now when most counties have up on 60 kids um, for each underage group, and um, you know, on average you're probably going to get... 10 of those kids through the whole way to senior level they might not represent the county at senior level but you know they'll be playing a high level of club so the structures yeah the LGFA in fairness to them working closely with counties and I think that's what it takes and you can't just give you know volunteers this blank template without a bit of guidance and without a bit of professional development so the the more the LGFA do in that regard and I think you'll see numbers growing even further and again coming back to that leadership program and the coaching strand um, and the administration strand should lead to to further developments and all of that. In terms of say support in Dublin at, at club games especially like I remember when we were going head to head back in like the late 2000s you would have always had really really good support at club matches um, and I wouldn't have seen a huge increase even when I, I was finishing up playing um, do you think that Dublin club football was I suppose has a tradition of having a real good core support 
Um, and it's funny you say that actually. I say the championship title with Banyan Kickens this year. Yeah. Um, but in the in the lead up to our semi final and this terrible, this I'll have to find the next team who was it we played against. But I could not believe the support. Yeah. Like when we drove out, there were flags up all over the pitch, and I mean it was a council pitch we were playing on. Um, all the flags up. I mean the support on the line. I, like I was actually blown away, and I mean yeah. this is. Junior E Championship. I mean, yeah, it was brilliant. phenomenal. Oh, it was brilliant, you know. And um, and same God, years and years ago, we were with Bally Kickham's playing in another championship final. I mean, the sport we had out in Avermaine Oaks where our final one night was, you know, really impressive. So I think it varies from club to club now. Yeah, then, passing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think that in general, the club does get behind any team that's playing, particularly when you're getting to the later stages of championship or, or league finals or you know, but um, yeah. I'm not saying you'd have that support in the middle of winter when or March no, when the league game starts. I mean, you, you'd have the elder rivals and parents yeah. on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think as the year goes on and the games get more important, I do think that um, particularly some clubs would have great support from all members. Yeah, a great yeah. tradition. Like, I remember those few county finals in Parnell. And I remember when I, you know, I joined Nafina first and I wouldn't have been used to that level of support at all, even for group matches in the championship. And God, you get to Carnell Park and the place will be rattling. Like, like yeah. you get a crowd similar to the the league finals, like the Division 1, Division 2 league finals now. So it is a credit to Dublin football, Dublin clubs and, and Dublin supporters. Yeah. And there's probably still a way to go, but yeah, you're right. And yeah. definitely, you know, I would have noticed that with the clubs I've played with. But you do, and particularly, like I said, when you're getting to, to bigger games during the year, that you would be supported well. Yeah. yeah. Yourself, um, Nazine has done the, the whole coaching thing. What about yourself? In college, I mean, I would have done the, the level one coaching course and that, but definitely it's something I'd want to get into more now as my. My son's get a little bit older and more independent, and I get a bit more time back in my life. But um, oh, definitely over the next couple of years, it's something that I would like to get into and get into properly. You know, to to do the courses to try and get some training up on it to, you know, to be able to do a good job because I think it's important that 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 the girls get that level of coaching that it's not just somebody stepping in to take them to get them through like that. It it should be you know of a high quality and. And I think that's what girls want. I think they really want to be pushed. So, yeah, certainly if I was getting into it, I'd like to think that I would, yeah, cause I last, would improve my knowledge on it first. Last year, i done my foundation for the first time in years. So many years I wanted to do it, and there was always something there. But the amount of women that were doing it, because they want to get into, A, help out the club, but also because ladies' football is becoming so strong. And it was great to see. Oh yeah, and it's great that they're they're participating in these courses as well, and that you know that they want to improve on their knowledge in order to do it. Because like I said, it can be very easy just to, you know, that that anybody could take the team and run the fruit few yeah. drills. But I think it's really important that they're, you know, and like Nadine said, the SFA are great at trying to promote that sort of stuff. So oh, I think it's fantastic if the women are getting involved in these courses. Yeah, just on that, you know, and it's to give the LGFA credit. They have put together a huge number of courses and their coaching courses, I think there's a pretty good uptake, but they've organized brilliant seminars and brilliant courses. And I know for a fact that a few of them had to be canceled because of poor uptake. So I think overall, you know, as an association and members, we probably do need to start playing our part 
Um, yeah. There was a brilliant seminar organised um, maybe two months ago. And, I mean, they had incredible speakers. It was a great lineup, And they had to cancel at the last minute because of the uptake. So, you know, it's something I suppose our duty as members of the LGFA yeah. to support everything that, that's put forward. Or as much as we can. I mean, I know people can't support everything. But, um, you know, some people, there's a lot of giving out about, well, this course isn't run and they don't do this and they don't do that. They actually do a huge amount, you know. Yeah, because but you know, but you know, it's I think I think it's an Irish thing, isn't it, girls? We're just quick to complain, you know. We we won't praise, but you will go, ah, oh, Jesus, there's something there to complain about, isn't there? <laughs> oh yeah, we'll fix the holes and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 2012, um, Denise was the captain of Dublin in 2010. Obviously, won the All Ireland. 2012, new management came in, led by Peter Clark, and. When they announced their championship panel, Denise Matheson and Sean McGrath weren't in it to the surprise of the whole country. But it came back to me last summer when the whole Mayo debacle kicked off. And I, I just had a thought. I was like, two of the best players in the country were axed from their panels, their championship panel. And nobody really said anything. There were maybe two or three articles written about it. And that was it. So I've been burning to ask you, Denise, like, to shed light on it where as much as you want or as much as you can. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, the reality is I suppose maybe me and Siobhan weren't quite sure yeah. <laughs> why we were dropped yeah. off the panel either. And, um, you know, there's the highs and lows of football, and I suppose I'm very mindful as well that Siobhan is, is, is back with the Dublin panel. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it's a very successful Dublin panel, and it's all very positive and I suppose I put it down to probably the low of my my Dublin career, and um, and I suppose a lot of people are of the opinion that you know it's the manager's choice and he doesn't have to necessarily give a reason for it, and you know maybe that is the case. I suppose there was a lot more to it in the background than that. Of course, there always is, you know. But um, like I said, I've always found it probably difficult to to speak about it too much in mm. respect to the girls that are still there or particularly Siobhan who, you know, I mean, brilliant, she's gone back now and she's won her league title and both of us went back playing, obviously, you know, myself and Siobhan were back on the team then um, in 2013 um, when yeah, which, Pablo which came speaks, in and took yeah, over. Which, which speaks volumes, really, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, and look, you know, I couldn't even say what differences of opinion. Yeah. I mean, obviously there were differences of opinions, but they weren't necessarily on our side. I mean, we were we were called, we were heading to training one night, um, by the gear in the bag and that, and we were myself and Siobhan were called to a, a meeting in DCU on our way out to the training pitch. So like we were ready to go training, and we were just told we wouldn't be mm-hmm. part of this panel going forward. Like we didn't know where it came from or that you know so and obviously it was a very tough time for myself and Javon as well you know but yeah like I said you just get on with it and you know yeah and you did you were so dignified about the whole thing I remember hearing about it and I obviously was still playing my club football in Dublin I played against you and Siobhan two of yeah. the best players in Dublin um, and I, just, I couldn't believe it um, I really can believe it. And then you hear rumblings and different things. But I'm sure it was just horrific for you in terms of, you know, friendships, your whole your whole life, essentially. When you're playing fancy football, that is your life. So Oh, I yeah. Say, I mean, it really, yeah. it really sh- shook me on a personal level, yeah. you know, because, yeah. you know, you're so invested in this. And, you know, it's so important to you. And the whole, you know, 
you know, loyalty and, and, and it means so much to you. And I suppose that's why it's so difficult probably to, to speak about as well, you know, because and by keeping silence as well, people form their own yeah. opinions and you have yeah. to take that on board. If you're, you know, if you're not really getting into much people are going to form their own opinions and they're, they're quite entitled to. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, myself and McGrath, we had just put absolutely everything into Dublin football and everything we did was to, you know, try and enhance the team, to try and become the best footballers that we could. So it was, it was very, very hard to be dropped off the team, mm. not knowing exactly why. And, you know, it was a very tough time for us and yeah. obviously, you know, and I mean, the girls that remained on the panel and that, you know, I mean, that was that was their choice as well and they did what they believed was right and, you know, I respect respect anything that happened, you know, with regards to players, but it was, it was a very tough time and, you know, it was a very low point in my life, I'd have to say, it, yeah. it really would have affected me, you know, because, yeah. like I said, it's something that's such a big part of your life, you put so much Absolutely. into it and, you know... The, the yeah. friendships you'd know yourself, Nadine, they mean yeah. so it's hard now and it's all very hard. Yeah. Taken away from you as you're preparing for championship, you know, as you're just getting into championship stage of the season. But like I said, that that past and Dublin are in a very positive place now and um you know, you put it down to a blip I suppose. Yeah. And so you learn your lessons. Well that's it. But I just remember the time thank God your moral compass was tested so much and you were both so dignified. And the rest of the Dublin panel, as you said, I think you all showed a lot of dignity that time because they just got on with the job because at the end of the day, it wasn't about them. It wasn't about you. Um, it was about Dublin. It was about course. Dublin. And, I, I, you know, I think people, other people around the country could have learned lessons from that um, episode that summer. And I just thought fair play to all of you. Um, yeah, and it was really very tough on the girls that so remained, tough, you know, so, yeah, 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 so, you know, so tough. Um, yeah. The dignity everybody showed, um, and I think just the professionalism, and that has carried through with Dublin, and I suppose when you look at the successes Dublin have had since, and previous to that, that's a big reason why, it's because of the dignity, and the, it's not all about me, it's about the blue jersey, so, you know, but I, I remember at the time just thinking, God... I mean, it must be so hard for the girls. So and, I, and I suppose, in fairness to to Dublin GAA as a whole and as a body, um, you know, whilst it was very tough at the time, and obviously there was <laughs> like a lot going on, there were some yeah. very key members within yeah. Dublin. You know, some 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 people who were so supportive while still supporting the team, and you know, their focus, like you said, completely being Dublin football. You know, there were there were a number of people within the. Dublin ladies football that yeah. you know really supported me and Siobhan McGrath you don't forget that either you know yeah. you know they really they really tried to support us in any way they could I mean it was just a tough time we were going yeah. to have to get through it but you know there were people that probably helped that probably helped to get through to a point to a point exactly yeah. and I mean you yeah. really appreciated it you were still struggling with it and you know I won't lie at the same time like you said we were dignified it was hard and sometimes you would have loved to sound scream a little bit or you wanted more done or you wanted a reaction yeah. or you know and it was very hard but I, I suppose people in their own quiet way really did support us and at the time you know I might have struggled with it but like upon reflection you know you really appreciate what the people did and you understand it better when you're a little bit more detached from the emotion of it you know so yeah I mean I mean Dublin football I think is you know it's very strong because you know at the heart of it all for the majority you know, it's yeah. Dublin's interest, it's the heart, Dublin. and that's why it works yeah. so well, yeah. you know. So. Absolutely. No, mm -hmm. fair play. Difficult, but fair play. 
Thanks for your honesty, Denise. You know, it's a tough thing to talk about, but, you know, you were you were honest and honest about it all. And as Nadine said, you know, the way you could have done it, because sometimes there is a reaction, but you kind of you, you accepted it. So, girls, next weekend's games, we've two games on Saturday in Division One. Your county, Nadine Donegal, will be hoping to bounce back from the Cork defeat when they play host to Westmeath. You know, you're looking at probably a Donegal win there. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, at home, they'll be very, very disappointed. Um, it'll still be a test for Donegal, though. I mean, mental strength-wise, I think they'll find it very difficult after that defeat, especially not scoring from play. Um, there'll be no sign of Geraldine coming back. In uh, saying that, I think Donegal always fare very well against Westmead um, in the past. So, yeah, a, a Donegal win. But I don't think it'll be a big, big win. Um, Denise? Yeah, well, I mean, Donegal started so well. Um, I mean, obviously, they had a poor day yesterday against Cork. Um, I don't know, Nadine, do you know will those players be back for Donegal? Because I'm sure no, that would make a huge difference. It, yeah, it's not looking like Geraldine's going to be back for a while. And Neve Hegarty, I'm not sure, but um, the fact she wasn't didn't come on or anything yesterday, I can't see her being back either. So, And at the same time, you'd imagine the Donegal team have taken a lot from that Cork game where they hadn't got those girls to rely on, so it'd be interesting to see how they react. Mm. But yeah, I would still fancy Donegal either way to, to beat Westmead. Yeah. And then, uh, Nadine, in Division 3, Kildare are at home to down. Both teams suffer defeats this weekend. Um, yeah, um, I still though I think Kildare will take more heart from their game. They'll be evenly matched. Um, I think that the home advantage will swing it, and with Kildare just getting a bit of momentum behind them, I think they'll, they'll tip that one. Right, so then on Sunday in Division 1, this is going to be a good game. Uh, Mio take on Cork, um, Nadine. Yeah, I think um, Cork will, I think they'll just keep up with the momentum. Two very good results. I know they're away to Mayo and an important game for Mayo, but um, not Cork all the way. I think with the more Abbey girls now, they're just going to build and build and build. And I think we'll see Cork in uh, a league final. Um, mm. Are you going to go the same way, Denise? Yeah, well, I mean, by all accounts here, O'Sullivan came back yesterday and had a huge impact on the game as well, you know, and I think Cork just they just are they're always building steadily and you know now I, I think you know it would be interesting to see how Mayo fare against them at home as well but um, I mean it might be a tight game but yeah I still say Cork. So we've Tipperary at home to Monaghan and then which should be a very good game Galway um, to go on Dublin. Nadine? Um, I think Tip will beat Monaghan um, even though Monaghan haven't lost the game there this weekend I still think that they'll take a lot from it. Um, as we spoke before earlier in the podcast, I think Tipper won really, really well. Home advantage, I think they'll they'll beat Monaghan, and then I leave Galway and Dublin to Denise there. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that'll be an exciting <laughs> game. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see the team line out as well for for Dublin against Galway. You know, um, I mean Galway put it up to Dublin last year, beat them in a league game. You know, so um, and very. I think Galway are a very exciting team when they're playing well. I, I really love to watch Galway play football. You know, they can move the ball really well and that. Um, I still think Dublin will have enough, but I suppose it depends on, you know, maybe one or two positions that are lined out and it'll be interesting to see. It might give a better idea of where, where Mick's at in terms of what he's hoping to get out of the league. You know, because I, I, I think, you know, he might go with a bit more of his um, conventional starting 15 for this game against Galway. So it'll be interesting to see whether he does or he doesn't. Right, so Nadine, uh, in Division 2, leaders Armagh play Kerry, Wexford are at home to Calvin, 
Waterford take on Leash and Tyrone travel to Clare. Yeah, um, a few tasty games in there actually. Um, our man Kerry, kind of top of the table clash. Um, I think it's hard to look past their man. Um, Amy Mackin seems to be going really, really well. Um, I think it'll be really high scoring. Um, cause both defences, I'm, I'm not sure how, how good they are. But uh, our man to tip it. Um, Wexford Cavan, I think Cavan, just with the better forward line, will probably sneak it and they're in bad need of a win. Um, Waterford and Leash, uh, you can't really look past Waterford after the last couple of weekends and Leash seemed firmly rooted to the bottom of that table. Um, even though they're putting in decent performances. And Clare and Tyrone, I think Clare, um, as we spoke earlier about Clare taking teams down to the back of beyond, um, it's a hard place to go and I think they'll come out with the win against Tyrone. Denise, do you take an interest in the other divisions? As much as I can, yeah. And like you said, with the coverage of ladies football, it's not as easy to to access. Definitely not on telly. And, you know, even through match reports, it's a little trickier, you know, to find it. But, I mean, as much as I can, I would try and keep keep up to date. Um, right, Nadine, uh, Division 3, um, a local derby, and it should be an interesting game. Roscommon play along for it. Meath will be looking for six wins from six when they play Wicklow and Sligo are away to Offaly. Yeah, um, or oh, was common Sligo or was common Longford? Sorry, it's a hard one to call with Longford with a little bit of momentum, but I think was common should have a bit too much. Um, can't see me um, doing anything other than get a win against Wicklow. And Offaly Sligo, Sligo are pushing for a semi-final spot and Offaly I suppose are looking to avoid the draft but um, I'd say Sligo will have too much. Yeah, Denise, um, your near neighbours, Mead, are really taking that Division 3 by storm, aren't they? Yeah, and you know, it would be great to see Mead and then go there in Division 2. Like, it's great to see both those teams progress, even just from a point of view in yeah. terms of competition within Leinster then, you know, coming up to Championship. Um, so great to see that me seem to be rebuilding and, and coming up again and you know hopefully you know a few performances in Division 3 and a promotion to Division 2 like can only stand Leinster in good stead because you know it hasn't been very competitive in Leinster in the championship for the past couple of years for Dublin Yeah and then we have Division 4 games Carlo play for Mana, Kilkenny are at home to Leitrim, Louth entertain Antrim which should be a very good game and another good one Derry at home to Limerick the Dean yeah, um, well, Fermanagh, I think, will we'll be Carlo. Kilkenny, Leitrim, as we spoke before about Kilkenny, you know, some, I think some bit of help or intervention has to go in there, so Leitrim to win that by a good bit. Um, be interesting, though, with Leitrim to see who'll be at the helm. Um, I don't know, did they have somebody lined up already? Or, um, you know, if, if there's... just taken over for the time, I don't okay. know the time being. Okay, yeah, that, that'll just be interesting how the team respond. Um, and then I think Lyles will tip Antrim. I I I could see Lyles especially being at home, but it should be a cracker of a game. And I think I think Limerick will have a, a bit too much for Derry as well. For the weekend that's in it, um, I just want to mention uh, a different sport, but uh, Katie Taylor. You know, yeah, um, she makes you not just mm. proud to be Irish, but to be an Irish woman. Um, her third world title. You know, what can you say about her? Oh, look, you know, it's just phenomenal what she's doing, but what strikes me more is even after the wins, all she's thinking about is the next win, yeah. like the next game, the big one, you know, the next big fight, and, you know, she just, that's her goal, she wants to dominate, and her determination and doggedness and going about it, I just think it's 
it's exemplary, you know, I mean, she's just so single-minded and driven, you know, I, I just think she's so inspirational, you yeah. know, really, you know, by all accounts, the way she went about the fight, you know, on, on, on Saturday night or, you know, on Friday night was just phenomenal, so, you know, you have nothing but the utmost respect for her. Yeah, you know. I'm I'm not a boxing fan at all, like, I, I find it, like, extremely brutal, I, I can't even watch it, but... With Katie Taylor, I just, as you said, Denise, you respect her so much. She's such mm. a professional, such a role model. She just carries herself with such dignity all the time. And I think yeah. we're very lucky as a nation to have her representing us. You know, it's great at the minute she's overshadowing a, a certain other um, fighter. Um, yeah. <laughs> with her exploits, you know, like she really is a true champion in every sense yeah. of the word. And, you know, the best of luck to her going forward. You hope she gets this fourth belt. Um, I have no doubt she will. Um, but she's just amazing. She really, really yeah. is. Well, listen, thank you so much, Denise, for taking time out to come on to our show. And then also to our pundit, Nadine Doherty. We'll be back uh, next weekend with another podcast. So until then, Sláin Gafol.